0: Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And it is, I'm just going to say, it's a pleasure to be with you. Wherever you are, if you're in your minivan, if you're you're rocking that Honda Odyssey right now, I see you, (laughs) Sacred City ladies, or wherever you are at, if you're on the job site, thanks for inviting us in. We have been putting out at least two podcasts a week for about a year now. And um, I'm just really thankful that you take the time um, to listen to us. And so we appreciate any emails you have, any advice you've got for us, any questions. Just go ahead and email me at pastor or Justin Dean at sacercitychurch.com. But this podcast, the Sacred City Life podcast, is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And today, I've got some good friends with me today. <clears throat> I've got Kevin Noah, my pastoral assistant.
1: Hey guys.
0: I've got Alex Tate.
1: How's it going, guys?
0: Yes, our
1: announcement guy. (laughs) I thought you were about to hype me up or something. (laughs) I was,
0: I was, but I didn't want to get, I didn't want you know get to your head, so I had to come on, man. I need the announcement guy. (laughs) And we got Joel Bick for their deacon of worship. Hello. Yes, and we got my friend Morgan from my missional community. Not on mic because we only have four mics, and he just showed up to smoke cigars today, but. Uh, He might be adding some stuff to the conversation. Um, What we want to talk about this afternoon, we're going to talk about cohabitation. Ooh. Yeah. Um, We're going to talk about what it is. Should a Christian do it? And, yeah. And the reason we're talking about this, a couple different reasons. One, um, society-wide cohabitation is being practiced more than any other time in American history. And so as we um, make disciples in this current cultural climate, people come to faith and they are cohabitating already. And so the question is, okay, what does Jesus say about that? How should we respond to that? Missional community leaders how should we lead our people? What should we lead our people towards? Um, and so what we did was uh, the elders came together and we put together a position paper for our church to clarify, because in our membership covenant, it says uh, each member at Sacred City uh, covenants not to cohabitate <clears throat> if they're not married.
2: Hmm.
0: If they're not married, let me clarify that. Clarify that. <laughs> um And so we were getting some questions. Well, what does it mean to cohabitate? What do you actually mean by that? Hmm. And it's so funny because for so long, we kind of like assumed everybody had the same definition of cohabitating. Uh, But then we were hearing from some of our missional community leaders that a couple, you know, they came to faith and they were now Christians, but now they're living together and you know, how should we counsel these um, engaged or dating couples? How should we um, counsel them to live before they get married? You know, what if they have signed leases and they all of these all the different complexities that come with that? <clears throat> and we were having some missional communities saying, "Okay, you guys got to move out," <clears throat> and then we have some MCs going to like, "Ah, I don't know." You know, you should stop having sex. That's you know clearly a sin. Premarital sex, and so you should stop doing that. But uh, that's probably all. Just stop having sex. And then we had others going. Well, actually, maybe it's a little more detailed than that. What do we mean by cohabitation? Maybe, maybe at at bare minimum, you should stop having sex and move to different bedrooms. Mm. You know. So what do we mean by cohabitation? <clears throat> and so towards that end, we we've got a a position paper that we will be releasing on Realm this week. And we'll also be putting it up on our website with our other position papers just to clarify and help um, our members understand the biblical position on cohabitation and just the way that we're going to handle it as a church. So <clears throat> the problem, once we started getting into definitions, like what is cohabitation, is there's really two definitions. Isn't
2: that right, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. So, what are those? So, in general, um, just living in the same space, uh, just, yeah, living in the same space in a a regular, ordinary way, and then the more common one is uh, a committed, or committed in some sense, couple living together as though they're married, kind of uh, practicing marriage without actually being married, typically also having sex.
0: Yeah. So... The first definition is kind of a wooden definition. Mm. It's kind of a legalistic definition. <clears throat> they're just living under the same roof. Like mm. God doesn't want you to live under the same roof. Well, what do you mean by that? Like let's say tw- 2 20 220-year-old kids they're about to get married and uh, he's still let's just say he's still living with his parents and they've got an extra room in the in the in the basement or something and and maybe she's from out of town or something and, and so she moves in and she lives she gets a she gets a bedroom in mom's basement, right? And he's upstairs or whatever. Is that wrong? Is that a sin? Can they can they not live under the same roof even though they're you know they've got mom and dad in the house and they're maybe preparing for marriage. Is that is that wrong? Is that what we're telling people not to do? Or maybe there's a situation where there's multiple roommates and they're living under the same roof. Is that wrong? <clears throat> and but then the second definition is more specifically Kind of like, prac. What do you would you call it? Practicing marriage. They yeah. said. Yeah, practice. So, acting like married people. So you're mm. actually living together. Mm. You're actually sleeping together. Um, and one when I thought of cohabitation, that's what I thought. Mm. I thought you're living together. You're sleeping together. You're playing marriage, right? Yeah. And that's what our society basically says is good. Our society says right now that. You're crazy if you if you don't live together first. Because they look at divorce rates. Much of our society, um, <clears throat> since the divorce laws have been lax, relaxed, and their parents have been divorced. And so they look at society and say, man, you have a very slim chance of actually choosing the right person. So it's better to... It's, you better test drive that Ferrari before you buy it. Yeah. Mm. And you test drive it by living together, by sleeping together, by acting like you're married before you're actually married.
1: And then also like the the world kind of paints a picture of it, it's almost easier, right? Um, the way society is, the way um, paying your bills um, you know, you got you could have one person having a big paid job, and then you know the the woman staying at home and you know collecting state or whatever the situation may be, and it just seems easier. Sure. Yeah.
0: That's a big um, the practical aspects of it um, is a big piece why people move together. They're like, hey, we're both paying we're both paying rent. Yeah. Why don't we just move in together and 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 we'll have more free money to spend. Yeah. You know so the, the practicalities of it is a big reason why people leave together even though 80% of people who live together break up
3: i was just going to ask mm-hmm. if you know the percentage i knew it was going to be a bad number yep. but people who assume let's live together let's have sex first let's do all you know basically try this marriage thing out before we're married how does that actually pan out
1: 80% it, wow
0: yeah it sucks it yeah. works it's way worse um So, yeah, most people that live together do not get married and do not stay together. So it's not a good plan. It does make it does sound practical, pragmatic, all those things. Um, And in one sense, it is practical and pragmatic. It's cheaper. You (laughs) let me speak like a worldling here. Let me speak (laughs) like a sinner. Okay. Um, you get you get to have sex with somebody. You get uh, cheaper rent you get to play house for a while and then when it's over it gets a little complicated one person gets to keep the house (laughs) and then you move on you know what I mean and so in that sense pragmatically yeah you know it was uh, it was easier right it's easier than a divorce let's just say that Um, but that's part of the problem actually Um, that there's not much accountability hmm. with it. There's not much investment in it, like there is in a marriage. And if you don't invest in something, then there's—it's easier to get out of. Yeah. You know, what I mean, stuff, stuff gets difficult. You're out, right? Uh, and so that's part of the problem. But that—it's not just pragmatically. So, um, what do you got there, Kevin? What are you looking at? I'm seeing. I'm looking at you.
2: So I'm just looking the the first heading, um, God's plan for marriage, and just. Um, cohabitation as a way to, to, like you were saying, claim the benefits apart from marriage. But, I mean, in the beginning, God created marriage specifically. Um, Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And then Matthew 19.2-9, through nine, um, talking about divorce and remarriage, Jesus says, He who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. Marriage is risky. Mm. Um, you don't know a person fully, right, mm. when, you're get, when you're getting married. And so there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of risk there. It's why the Bible says do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. You better make sure that that girl or that guy is 100% committed to Christ above yeah. all things. And I'll be honest, if you're sleeping together, then you can't be sure of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because clearly they're not committed to Christ if they're breaking commandments and sleeping with you. Yeah. So you should be, <clears throat> first and foremost, they have to be a Christian. And then marriage... Is a covenant between two sinners before an almighty, holy God. Mm-hmm. And a covenant is, is making a commitment to. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. It's a making a commitment to do what you don't want to do so that you can be who you want to be. Mm. OK. That's good. Mm. Never said it like that before, but I like the way I that's said really that. good. So I'm saying I will forsake all others. Mm. I'm saying I will love you when you're throwing up in the toilet. In a sense, I'm, I will wake up with the baby yeah. when I need to in the middle of the night. I will take care of you in sickness and in death, right? Or in sickness and in health until <clears throat> death do us part, I, in richer or poor. So when you lose your job, I will stick with you, Okay. Do I want to do all those things? Guess what? Here's what you should do. <laughs> if you're dating someone and they can't keep a job, you should probably not be with that guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's the difference. That's
1: I think difference. that's too, like, I mean, when you're before you're getting married, I mean, you should be dating this person to get to know, you know, their regular rhythms of what they're doing and, you know, if they're actually following Christ instead of just saying, we're both Christians, let's just get married. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. That, that's for sure. But... When I'm at the altar and I'm making a covenant before God, I'm saying before God, in sickness and in health, for richer or for poor, till death do us part. So I'm, I'm literally saying, I know I'm acknowledging right away from jump. I don't know what life's going to bring us, but I'm making a covenant with you and God to love you no matter how I feel.
3: Yeah.
0: Because when it when I'm poor. And in sickness, I don't feel good. And when you're poor and in sickness, I don't feel good about it. It's difficulty, right? Yep. But I'm making a commitment to love you during those times so that I can be who I want to be, and the person I want to be is I want to be that covenant-keeping, loving, loyal guy that will be faithful to the end. That's the type of guy I want to be, right? Yeah. Well, in order to do that, I have to make a covenant.
2: Well, on the flip side, I trust that you will hold up this covenant as well, that you will love me, that you will stick by me, and that ultimately God will use this marriage for his glory. Absolutely. So in lies,
3: the main problem of cohabitation would be that you're testing those waters Mm -hmm. and outside of a covenant and a promise being made to you, or you making a promise to another person, there's always an out and you're always going to want to take that out. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, so I would say it's not even, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. So what I'm saying in marriage is even if, even when you fail, I'm going to love you. When you're acting unloving, I'm going to love you. When you're irritable, I'm going to love you. When you're sick, I'm going to love you. When you're poor, I'm going to love you. In cohabitation, it's the exact opposite. When you're unloving, I'm kicking you out. I'm breaking up with you. If you don't give me what I want, it's literally a job application. The whole thing is like a live-in job application. It's miserable. Mm. You know a job application. You're going in there and you're trying to prove your worth to somebody and you're hoping that they don't ask you the wrong question or whatever. But cohabitation is like a live-in job application. Mm. You're always trying to prove your worth to the other person. How can the he asks How can the real you come out if you cohabitate before the covenant? Well, I would say it's pretty hard to keep the real you under wraps for very long. (laughs) So usually it does, but the problem is when the real you comes out, the person says, "No thanks," Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like this guy's dirty this guy whatever they show up is your sins show up and she says no thanks because while she's cohabitating with you the whole nature of the agreement is she's still on the lookout for somebody better mm. you know what i mean mm. so if you're annoying her she's like oh i'm keeping my options open this new guy at work he's actually pretty cute and he actually cleans his room i heard mm. you know he's a sharp dressed man mm. he makes money whatever it is so you lose your job and you can't pay the bills she's looking for somebody who will Okay, so, so the, the nature of the relationship is completely different. In a covenant, you stand before God before you've gotten sex, before you've given your body to. So in cohabitation, you're basically giving your body to each other. You're giving some of your finances to each other, right? But you're not giving your whole self. Yeah. You're not giving your name. You're not giving your family. Yeah. You're not giving your future, you're not giving your self your full self to them you're even keeping some of your emotions you're like i'm going to keep some of my emotions to myself because i'm afraid he might run off i yeah. can't i can't give my full self into this guy because he might take off right marriage is the complete opposite marriage you're standing before god you're covenanting to give everything my finances is yours my name is yours my future is yours it's all it's all yours. We're one now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, mm. because what we've already done with our whole life, before the state and before God, now I'll give you my body. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, it's the exact opposite of cohabitation.
2: Well, how interesting that we live in a culture that says they prioritize... Mental health and things like that, and yet, would rather push us to give up our bodies and keep our emotions to ourselves.
0: Mm. Yeah, mm. that's true. And like, there's not con- a connection between those right. two things. Right, yeah. And, and consequently, statistics show the book that I read, "Premarital Sex in America." The more sexual partners a female has, the higher rate of her mental health. Mm. Like her, her mental health is worse.
3: Mm. so the the reason for going back to the reasons for writing this position paper and some of the nuances i don't know if i'm getting ahead of where we need to go but what are what what are some of those nuances and what what's what's right what's wrong what are the
2: different barriers and guardrails we should look for
0: what's that next section buddy
2: Uh, so talking about the the dangers of cohabitation i think we've talked about most of them, but seeking the benefits outside of the covenant, Uh we we talked about. Um, And then just if you're living together and having sex, then uh, I mean, you're defiling...
0: That's that's called fornication? Yeah, you're (laughs) defiling the marriage bed, right? Okay, yeah. So that's a big word, fornication. Um, That means uh, sex outside of marriage. Again, you are playing marriage. You are technically having sex with another man's wife. You're committing adultery. Mm. Um, If you're not fully invested and in covenant relationship with her and so um, and would you read that scripture about defiling the message mess- yeah the Hebrews
2: bed? 13 4 let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous
0: okay so <laughs> we want to we want the marriage bed to be un- undefiled and that means that sex is meant to be done inside the covenant of marriage. It's a mm-hmm. covenant renewal ceremony. Every time we do it, it brings, it's two becoming one. And then, so on your your wedding night, let's say it's the two becoming one and and it's the covenant creating ceremony. But then every time you have sex after that, it's a covenant renewal ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, the two becoming one where you are learning um what it means that you guys are now one Mm. and it, and and that oneness gets celebrated thousands of times throughout your relationship. And it's a soul connection, emotional connection, a physical connection, a spiritual connection. And in cohabitation, it's a perversion of that. Mm. Um, It's defiling the marriage bed because you're not spiritually connect, united. Um, You're not fully emotionally because you're, Hedging your bets a little bit, you're not financially, you're not all these other things. It's, it's defiling the marriage bag and it it's bringing some, um, it's bringing sin yeah. against God and against the marriage bed.
1: Yeah. So sh- should someone, um, before they get married, should they be, um, sharing finances and looking into all those details and, um, all the emotional pieces before they get married? Because once they get married, it's pretty much the the, the sex piece that is like the missing piece with, you know, two people that are um, are Christians, I guess you would say. Because a lot of times like you you get to the marriage and you have sex and all these different things and then someone, you know, lease pieces out and then it's like, hold on, I, I didn't know this, you know?
0: Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think I think it's important for people to go through pre marriage counseling. Mm,
3: yeah.
0: I wouldn't recommend I would recommend in, in pre marriage counseling at Sacred City, we talk about the gospel for the foundation of marriage. We talk about communication. We talk about their stories. Mm -hmm. We talk about their finances. And we talk about sex. That's basically what we talk about at Sacred City in premarriage counseling. And the goal is to help them get on the same page in all of those areas before they get married. Mm -hmm. Because, first off, the gospel is the foundation for a good marriage. Secondly, then the top three things they're going to fight about is communication, money, and sex. Hmm. That's it. And if they don't do the work beforehand to get on the same page, then they're kind of set up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, for sure. So what was
2: that next section, Kev? Uh, So just real quick, the other uh, point on defiling the marriage bed is just the reminder that sex is great. Marriage is great, but it points to mm. the covenant between Christ and his church.
0: That's right. So when Jesus married us, he didn't test out the waters mm. you know, first. Yeah. <laughs> he, he He married the sinful whore that we are. Yeah. And knowing that we were going to cheat on him, he married us and he is making us holy by his relationship with us, where he will deliver us as a spotless bride in the new heavens and new earth. Through His redemptive grace in our life, Amen. and so the marriage, wedding, and the sex is meant to point towards that more perfect union of Jesus and the church. Yeah. And so, sex outside of marriage is a false gospel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't <clears throat> depict the picture that marriage was meant. That marriage is meant to depict. Yeah. It doesn't display the real gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to avoid that.
1: So I don't know if we're gonna get to it in the question in the in the paper, but is is it should they not be living together if the the mom and dad's in the house or if they're one sleeping in the one sleeping in the bed, one sleeping on the couch? Like what what we're does that there. look like? Okay, we're yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's there a, like there's a many, far, hundred different there. scenarios. Yeah.
0: We're not quite there, but we're getting there. We're gonna answer that question, man. <laughs> That's a good question. We're yeah. gonna answer that question. It's a good question. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so then the next section is fleeing from sexual immorality. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 6 about flee sexual immorality because the one who is, se- who is sexually immoral sins against their own flesh. Um, and just if you're sinning against your own flesh and if you're united to your wife or husband as one flesh in marriage, then like Justin was talking about a little bit ago, I mean, you're sinning against somebody else's wife. You're sinning against your future wife, in a sense. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then, um, in that same text, he talks about our bodies are a temple to the Holy Spirit. We were bought with a price, um, the blood of Christ, and so we're called to glorify God in our bodies, to flee from sexual immorality, and. Um, That's good. So yeah, let me sorry. let me jump in there.
0: So. When we have sex before marriage, Paul says that's sexually immoral. Our culture says sex is for the one you love. Mm. The Bible says, no, sex is for the one you marry. Mm. Um, And any other sex outside of that is immoral and is actually a sin against our own body. Now, here's, here's one of the ways. If you go back and listen to our podcast on pornography, we talk a little bit more about how it's a sin against our body. Mm-hmm. But the Christian life is, once you become a Christian, it's a life for sanctification, mm-hmm. which means I have to feed my um, new man, the man that's in Christ, my my spiritual nature, my the, the nature that God gives me, and I have to starve my old man, which, which is my my flesh. I have to starve that, yeah. right? And so the Christian life is a it requires a lot of self-control. It's one of the fruit of the spirits, self-control. Mm-hmm. What that means is I will always have a sinful nature that wants to take the good gift of sex and use it in God-dishonoring ways. Always. Mm -hmm. Always have that. And so here's the problem. If I give in to my sexual lusts before marriage consistently, and I don't fight them, I don't resist them, I'm not training my self-control. Here's the problem. I'm I'm having sex with my wife, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we just get married. Boom, we get married. Now, now it's no longer a sin. Great, it's no longer a sin. But guess what? Your self-control is still just as weak as it was before. Yeah. Yeah. And now this pretty young thing moves in right next door or joins the business mm. or is your receptionist or enters your life through whatever means. Your self-control has not been developed. That new man is not strong enough, mm-hmm. and so now you're still having sex with your wife, but guess what? Now you want to have sex with somebody else, and you haven't trained yourself to say no, mm. right? You haven't trained yourself to say no, mm-hmm. and so part and so you are you are more comp, you're in a compromised situation there, mm-hmm. and your wife doesn't actually have confidence in you, right? Because you had sex with her. <laughs> mm. You couldn't control yourself before. Why yeah. can't you con- con- control yourself now? Yeah. And so the dating period, the engagement period, where you're saying no to your sinful flesh, that you really want to have sex with your, your future wife, you're training your self-control to do what you're going to have to do the rest of your life, literally.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? And so that's how... Actually, having sex with your possible future wife is still a sin against her and a sin against God Mm -hmm. and a sin against your wife because she ain't your wife yet. Yeah. So it's, it's a, most people don't think about it that way, but it's helpful to think about it that way. You're training a muscle that's going to be needed for the rest of your life.
1: I mean, I think that's good because, I mean, so many people are like, oh, I'm struggling with this, I need to get married, or I'm struggling with this, I need to do this. Um, but you said training. Like, wh- what, is, what does that training look like?
0: So, <clears throat> well, in this situation, training means um, not doing it. Setting boundaries. Well, I mean. Setting boundaries, like knowing yourself. Knowing your temptations. So
1: is that like hanging out with someone like that hanging out with your soon-to-be wife that's make sure you're hanging out with her in public so that you don't get set up for failure, things like that, or
0: Uh I think that's one good example. So hey, let's let's go get dinner Friday night. All right, cool. What are we gonna do? All right, we're going to go to dinner, and then we'll go back, and uh, maybe we'll watch a movie or something.
3: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch, or something. There's yeah, a lot yeah.
0: in that Not or, something. Sweatpants. or something. Or <laughs> something. Yeah. Basically, the Christian man here is saying, hmm, let's go eat, have a good dinner, and we'll go back, and we'll watch a movie, and then hmm. we'll just see how how strong my oh, sanctification no. is. <laughs> yeah. We're testing the boundaries right now we're testing the boundaries is what we're doing instead of saying, um, let's go out to eat, and then after that, let's go see what this other couple is doing, or yeah. whatever you know what I mean and being so a man and I when we were dating um even though it was a long time ago now, that we set up clear boundaries. we're not going to be alone with each other in each other's apartments. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go on. Uh, we're not going to do no. Back then, we didn't have this term Netflix and chill. Yeah. But we're we're not going to do any 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 movies alone. If we're gonna if we want to go back and watch a movie, we're gonna invite somebody over to watch a movie with us, right? <clears throat> um, and the reason we did that is because I knew myself. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. myself, and that's how we're get, That's why we're getting to some of these things. So, the the issue of cohabitation. If a brother tells me, hey man, we're just gonna stop having sex, um, but we're gonna we're gonna still, you know, sleep in the same bed. I'll be like, what's wrong with you,
1: dude? I'm gonna gonna lean all the way against the wall. I'll be like, bro, (laughs) I'll
0: be like, all I know is myself. Mm -hmm. And so this is me. I'm like, hmm, that sounds like hell. Literally sounds like hell on earth. Basically. We're gonna play marriage all day and then we're gonna go to bed and I'm gonna lust until I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just gonna dream about what I should, what I really wanna be doing right now. Then you ask her to wear certain things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like this will not work out in my favor here. This will not succeed. So so I don't think it's I told one guy, if you can do that there must be something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. If you can actually go to sleep in the same bed, six inches away from your soon-to-be wife and not want to have sex with her, then there's probably something... Yeah. You're going to have future problems That's here, bro. It's not yeah. natural. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, read the Song of Solomon, right? Yeah. Read the Song of Songs. Like, he's desiring... His wife's body. He's desiring his wife's beauty. He's wanting. He can't wait to <laughs> to peel that fruit and open it up yeah. and, and taste its sweetness. And I think that's good. I think that's what yeah, we, he
3: loves it so much. He wants to be one with it. Like yeah. he wants to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, enough to commit his whole soul and life and future to it.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so getting to some of the practicalities here. Um. We are going. If if a person comes to faith, and they're cohabitating, this is really kind of in a in a case to by case basis. Mm. If you're living together and you've got like two years to your engagement or to your marriage, we're gonna be like, okay, somebody needs to move out. More than likely, it's not good just to play house. Uh, I know it's gonna be a financial difficulty. There's going to be a lot of financial difficulties in your future, so suck it up and figure, figure out a way. Maybe you can, and, and people in your missional community can open up rooms in their houses. You can move in with them to save money, whatever. If, which is more likely the case, you've got six months or less. Um, we're going to say option one, the best option, one of you moves out, move in with an MC member, move in with MC family. Figure, you know, figure something out for six months. That helps um, fight temptation. Helps keep you guys enough, you know, separated enough. Whatever. That's one. That's that's the option we'd first recommend. Um, lately, we've gotten some. Hey, we're getting married in a month. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, option one, yeah, you can still move out with somebody, but if, you know. If that's not practical, at least, here's what we say, at least move into separate rooms. Maybe that means sleeping on. We've had guys that, we've had folks that were living together. They had three kids together already. That's three funny. or four kids together already. Mm. And we're like, bro, you got to start sleeping on the couch. He's like, what? What do you mean? We got four kids. We've I'm
1: man. a grown man. I'm a grown <laughs> man.
0: And I'm like, yeah, but you're in Christ now. And it's still sin. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to break up the family. We're going to do all this kind of stuff, but start sleeping on the couch. Well, what if my, what my kids going to say? Why am I sleeping on the couch? You say, because your mommy, your mommy and daddy didn't know the Lord, and we didn't obey Jesus in the way that we, we started this family. Yeah. But God's been faithful to us, and he's redeemed us, and he's cleansed us, and he's sanctified us. And so mm-hmm. now we're going to do this the right way until the wedding. Mm. Yeah, and then yeah. you know and then we'll go back
1: to it's a great the... way to share the gospel with your kids too yeah. great, right
0: awesome. great way yeah. great way to share the gospel um, and it's a great way to sh- to teach your kids that what you did before was not God's plan and we you don't want them to do it because <laughs> remember like what six years from now when that little 12 year old's in 18 and she's wanting to do something else you could say honey remember remember when I slept on the couch that one month mm-hmm. or that six months before we got married remember that time? That was me making a sacrifice and doing what I didn't want to do because it didn't honor the Lord. And so I know you want to sleep with your boyfriend, but God's asking you to honor him in this relationship.
2: Yeah. You know? Because
0: she can't just go, well, you did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, you're right, I did it. And then I repented. Remember that? Remember when I repented and changed my ways?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, we got anything else on there? I'm just thinking. It gives MCs and MC leaders and brothers and sisters in Christ a chance to love you well, um, to, to bless, to come alongside you. I mean, it's easy, I think, I would imagine at least to justify it as, oh, well, you know, I'm going to inconvenience my MC. But I mean, we're the body of Christ. These are things we want to help you fight lust and temptation and come alongside you in difficult things. That's, that's what we're redeemed for. And that's, that's what we love to do. Absolutely. And there you could also say like man,
0: this seems like it's rushing me to get married. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said if you burn with lust, get married. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for young lustful men to get married. Yeah. It's good for men and women to get married young. I know our culture is saying it's not our culture is freaking crazy. It's wonderful to get married young and To sleep with the same person for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because the sex gets better the longer you do it, the longer
1: you practice. Practice makes perfect, they say. Practice (laughs) makes perfect. Yeah.
0: And so Paul says it if you burn with lust, get married. That's what you should be doing. Our culture says if you burn with lust, masturbate. If you burn with lust, you know, we know, sin. God says, no, no, get married get married. That's what, that's what you should I be think
1: talking. too, like, I mean, as you get married, um, still making sure that you're aware of like your sins so that you're continuing to be able to walk those, those lustful feelings. If you still have them, you know, of course, if Becky's down the street, you know, um, it's not like it just goes away. So be able to walk that out inside community.
2: Yeah. I've talked to people before about similar things and just reminding them that when you get married, one of the biggest thing that changes is when you sin, you've disappointed at least two people now instead of yeah. just one. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, the fight for sanctification is still a At least a three people, bro. Well, yeah. <laughs> at least three people.
3: The father. Yeah. Primary, yourself. The primary three people. Yeah. And your, your wife. And
0: your spouse. Yeah. yeah. Minimum. For sure. There's a greater weight to that. <clears throat> So anything we haven't talked about, cohabitation? You guys have any questions, thoughts?
1: I'll just say it's not easy because that's something my wife and I did. I mean, of course, we were younger. I mean, we were, didn't have, you know, options to move when other people were living in our car. And then we moved into an apartment, and we were living together. And, of course, we, we knew the Lord. But when we really start following mm-hmm. the Lord and living in community, we were challenged with that. And um, I, she slept in the bedroom, and I slept on the couch for about six months until we got married, and it, w- it was tough, you know. She's walking around, and I'm just like, oh, okay. you know. We already had a kid together, so I'm like, you know, why not, right? But just living in community and people challenging me and continue to be able to walk that out was just really good for our marriage and for my soul as well. So. Yeah.
3: And I think that there's a huge evidence of grace in this too, that there's these situations that sound like they've come to to the elders' knowledge – Via MC is doing what they should do and being in each other's lives, and people mm-hmm. coming to faith and saying, "I want to change," and yeah. or them prompting them to say there needs to be a change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting how these position papers come to be. I have, you know there's probably a whole different podcast on why you would need to do a position paper on something or what what elevates it to that necessity. But I, I'm I'm encouraged that there's people that are trying to pursue what does God want me to do yeah. and trying to give guidance there. Yeah.
0: And we want to, and we want to be graceful in the sense that if you grew up in this culture and you like, you watch the movies and you yeah. just like, I remember I was walking with this, our neighbor, <clears throat> she was Catholic. We'd invite her to church, but she was Catholic, you know? Mm. Like, oh, okay. And then she's like, we would started talking about something and she just like, you would be absolutely crazy to get married without living with the person first. <laughs> and I was like, you ain't that Catholic. <laughs> I'm like, you're Catholic, but you don't know the doctrine of the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what the Bible teaches at all. Um, and sh- that's the, that's the, the cultural air that most people breathe. Yep. You'd be crazy if you got, if you got married and you hadn't dated for two to three years and lived together for a year. Mm. And, uh, the funny thing is, is there's no statistical evidence that proves that that's a reality. Yeah, it's a complete fiction that our culture believes. It's a complete fiction. Yeah. yeah. The more you live together before marriage, and the longer you date, the less likely it is your marriage is actually going to freaking last. Yeah. So it's just fascinating to me mm-hmm. the the lies that our culture believes and propagates, and so many. <laughs> Young people in our culture coming into our church—they've believed those lies, um, like again, non-scientific, non-true lies—and but then they come to faith, and we want to be gracious with them, yeah—and not be like, "What do you, you know, first first week at? Can you imagine first week at missional community? <laughs> oh, you're living together,
1: sinner, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. How unloving,
0: yeah. So we don't bring it. We don't. Even, most of the time, I don't bring it up. Until I know they're Christians
3: <laughs> that that's probably a good question because I mean you're all this conversation is revolving around appealing to somebody who has actually had a change of heart. God has changed their heart. we're talking about Christians here uh, but yeah if you can uh, if yeah if you it would change if, if you'd identify you're
1: just actually you need to believe the gospel first
0: yeah, for sure yeah. I don't bring it up until they're Christians
1: and I think too if you're truly living in community like um, hanging out with those people that are in your mission community, outside of mission community, outside of church, those conversations will be coming up over having dinner, over having a cigar, over having a drink, and, and being able to walk that out in a loving way. Um, but if you're not, it's going to be really hard for you to be able to do that.
0: So one of the couples in R M C when I brought it up, they had already made decisions. I was like, hey, we should probably talk about this, I, you know, Shared the gospel. We talked about yeah that they they've come to faith. They're believing the gospel. So I know you guys living together. So yep. Yeah. So you know about six months ago we we decided to stop having sex. Blah blah blah. I'm like, praise God. Mm-hmm. I never had a conversation with about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was waiting. I wanted to make sure they were Christians. They were in the community. Blah blah. blah. I'm like great. And then I was like, all right. So tell me what that looks like. And I'm like okay. And then I was like, ah well, okay. You probably move into different bedrooms. Yeah. You know? You got a marriage wedding coming up, you should probably move into different bedrooms. That's probably the, the best route. And they were like, That makes sense. I think that would be wise. Mm. You know? And so that's how it went. I it it's not like, you know, somebody shows up and you're, you know, the moral watchdog and I don't care I, I don't I do care what the world's doing, but if they're not a Christian, they're not gonna embrace Christian worldview. They're not gonna face right. the they Christian can't idea. do it.
1: So how did you yeah. know like when you're like uh, they're now Christians? Like how did you know? Like were they doing something different? Where did you, you know, see them like kind of changing other things in their yeah. life or
0: they were more consistent with miss- the missional community, more consistent on Sunday morning. Uh, they started sharing that evidence of grace, that God was at work, you know, things like this. Yeah. All those things. And then having conversations with them. You know? And so then I was like, OK, I'm pretty sure these folks have believed the gospel and they've they've got their they're, they're committed in this. And so now and here's the other thing. Oh, and several couples are just they went through the membership process. And so at the membership process, one of the things that we're doing in the membership process is is confirming that they believe the gospel. And then we're where are they at in their life. Right. And so they're. They're joining the church they believe the gospel okay so what is what is that's going to have implications mm. for your engagement as well so we need to have that that conversation so again this is why church membership is important this is why national community is important so we can come alongside folks and and help them honor god um and that they've they've even said like man this has been really good for us like to work on our relationship, work on our communication before marriage, because sex before marriage can replace good communication. Mm-hmm. You get in a fight, just have sex, <laughs> right? Instead of actually working through the arguments, working through the difficulties, you know. And so it, it's been, it's been really good. So, yeah. <clears throat> Anything else, guys? Any thoughts? That's about it. All right, so. That's what cohabitation is. That's what that's the, our position at Sacred City. If you want to find our position paper, you can find it on our website sacredcitychurch.com. If you're a member, you can find it um, on our on Realm. We should be releasing it there shortly. Hopefully, it serves you well. We love you guys. If you got any questions? Email me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. God bless you. We love you.